The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. To the author of Africa Bounces Back, case studies from a resilient continent, Victor Homaswana, our Africa Business Report this evening. What is the Konza Technopolis? Technopol- what? Technopolis. What is it? <laughs> Technopolis. Technopolis. Bruce, you are South African. You know... Technopolis is not a Technopolis is not a word I have ever seen before. So forgive my complete and utter ignorance. What on earth is this thing? No, 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 no. Okay, okay. It's 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 about seventy kilometers southeast of Kenya. Maybe less than that, Bruce. It's on the outskirts of Kenya. I mean, of Nairobi. Sorry. If you remember, I've always talked to you about Nairobi, particularly in Kenya as a country, running ahead of most African countries in in getting technology and putting it to use to the improvement of the lives of its citizens. So if it hadn't been for COVID, I can say this Technopolis, Konza City, is, is a green city. It's it's recycling, I think, 95% of its waste or water. It's reclaiming over 80% of it. So it's, it's a green city, but it's also the hub of innovation. And they are aiming very high because they want to, they have a Kenya Institute of Science and Technology. They, they want to position Nairobi and Kenya as, as the hub of innovation. And if you've been looking what Google has been doing, Facebook, whenever they come to Africa, they never overlooking because you know about M-Pesa that it was an innovation that Africa exported to the rest of the world so Kenya has managed to position itself as the techno- technology leader of the continent of East Africa but to do that they decided during the time of the first term of President Uhuru Kenyatta to create Konza City which will be if, if everything had been going according to plan would have been the East African version of Silicon Valley because they are trying to connect with Silicon Valley, proper Silicon Valley, by attracting investors into that part of the world to make sure that they lead that innovation. And they are, they are talking about creating even studies and up to PhD levels of, of helping Kenyans to develop innovation and, and generate a lot of knowledge jobs in, in, the, in, in, in doing so. It's half, for now it's, it's a vision, but because they have been building the infrastructure, Bruce, who you know is not a pie in the sky, they started, they, they just have been slowed down by what happened to Al Shabaab and all those kinds of things that happened in that part of the world. Uh, it's wonderful. I mean, it really is incredible. And I mean, South Africa's got to watch its step, I suspect, because we are seeing so much development, so much insight, so much wisdom being applied in so many African countries. And, um, you know, for as a South African, you kind of feel like we're falling a bit behind. Do you get that sense? We are behind. Remember, Kenya, as I remember not so long ago, a year and a half ago, they got so aggressive in distributing connectivity, Bruce, that they used hot air balloons to take, you know how you would say, I'm building infrastructure underground, I want to set up substations and, and towers. They, they used hot air balloons. I don't think that project was sustained for long, but they, they, are, they are among the cheapest. And whenever I travel in Kenya, I forget that internet does cost money or connectivity does cost money because you land at the airport if you've been there before your device picks up free Wi-Fi and you, you, you get the same thing when you are in, in the city, Nairobi mainly. But we are left behind because we still, you know, we cost more than Somalia charges for a mobile, a gigabyte of mobile data boost. So if that's not being left behind, I don't know what is. 
Yeah, absolutely. Nollywood, not well as well known as Hollywood and certainly not as well known as Bollywood, but the Nigerian film industry is is a phenomenon. Um is it is it flying? In terms of productions per annum, Bruce is the biggest in the world. Remember Nigerian movies, South Africans will chuckle into their shared pockets and shared pockets and because they watch these movies secretly. And they produce a movie at a fraction of what Hollywood would produce. But because Nigeria has over is 200 million people now, and they're telling stories with their one-camera movies that cost sometimes $12,000 to make, and that's it. But what I found in, in writing my second book was that although the budget of the movie could be $12,000, $20,000, more than 80% of that budget goes into local people. In other words, the people who do the editing, the photography, the supply of the set design and all that. So although South African movies will still cost about 2 million rand, upwards of 2 million rand, more than 60% of the South African movie budget goes outside of the country, whereas in Nigeria it does that. And that's why it has create, created more jobs than Hollywood, than Bollywood, than even the movie industry in South Africa. These are numbers you can check and, and they'll be backed up. But the problem is, Although they are producing many movies, and Mo Abudu is a media mogul, Bruce. It's a, it's a Nigerian woman who's very well advanced. And she produced a movie called, I think, Blood Sisters or something. And it was ranked number nine on Netflix in terms of streaming. But although it was supposed to be exclusive on Netflix, cybercrime and, and, and the theft of intellectual property in Nigeria is a big issue. It already is on the parallel market, and that's, that's always the problem. But the beauty of having a parallel market in a country of so many people is you will get to score on both sides. In other words, you will get to sell pirated copies. Well, whoever sells them will make money, but you'll still make money from the streaming that Netflix can generate for you and build the industry for you. So it is flying definitely is bigger than Bollywood and bigger than Hollywood by far. It just makes movies for much, much less than we know an average movie to cost. Yeah, and they're incredibly popular across the African continent in South Africa. I'm sure there's a, a, a Nigerian sort of channel um, with movies on DSTV. I haven't looked for it for a while, but certainly a while back. Yeah. There most certainly yeah, was magic. One. I think they call yeah. it African magic. And, you know, they always finish their movie with In God We Trust. And <laughs> they, they, have this, <laughs> they have these jingles that they play. They can be a little monotonous, but guess what? They make movie stars. They move. They make cameramen. They make set designers. And if that's what does the economy, gets the economy going, you, you bet they are doing much better than we are. Yep, exactly right. And on to Mozambique, another big loan, big dollar-based loan from the IMF to Mozambique. Mozambique needs a miracle. Mozambique needs growth. Mozambique needs opportunity. Mozambique needs trade. Um, and, yep. it's, uh, and it's living on credit, and that's a bit scary. It's over-indebted. From the days of Armando Grebuza, the president that I had already praised so much because he was a businessman. Unfortunately, after he left office, Bruce, it came out that over $2 billion of undisclosed loans had been taken to build a company that never really was built. So the IMF approved that $496 million, and 91 or so of that will be available immediately. And the World Bank also approved something in the same time 
$300 million. So it's, it's, the, it's the same old story of over-indebted African countries. But what I like about this story, Bruce, is if the government of Philippe Nusset does do what it's supposed to do, one of the things it will apply this money to is to set up a sovereign wealth fund to channel the proceeds of the liquefy, what is it, LNG in that country. Now, if you remember, Norway has, I think, the largest sovereign wealth fund in the world, and they did the same with their oil. So the royalties they got from oil, they invested, and today they own the entire, I mean, the world economy does get an, a way of being influenced by by that sovereign fund. So if they apply it correctly, and, and President Nusi has done well compared to Armando Guebuza, maybe the legacy of this over-indebtedness is that one day they will look back and say, we set up a natural gas fund, and perhaps if it's managed well, like Angola is trying to do since the departure of Dos Santos, it will be a, a success story on the on the African continent. Don't forget, we have what you can call a sovereign fund in Africa already in Royal Bafuking. So Africans can apply the royalties from their, their resources to create wealth for the broader community. Thank you, Victor Homeswana. Victor Homeswana is a regular contributor to our Africa Business Report. He is the author of Africa Bounces Back, Case Studies from a resilient continent.